Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Two minutes left in the third quarter. Tennessee up 21-10 on Buffalo. And third and six from the Buffalo eight is incomplete, so they'll likely try a field goal. 21-10 for Tennessee. Baseball, the Braves rolling up 7-0 on the Dodgers in the seventh. And in the top of the second, Houston has a 1-0 lead on the Rays. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Yakushev texts in. He says, don't you usually want to address a weakness on your team when you make a trade or acquisition? Is the Oilers' power play a weakness? A previous caller said if you put Barry on the ice with a responsible defense partner, he will be okay. Well, who does he play with then? Barry would not have helped the Oilers get past the Blackhawks. That is from Yakushev. Well, I'll say this, Yakushev, and I mean fair comments, and we're going to get more on Tyson Barry in a second here with Gord Stelic. The Oilers' power play would not have been as good if if Oscar Clefbaum isn't playing, and he might not play at all next season. So I guess you could say he fills a hole there, um, you know, because I think the power play with someone other than Clefbaum, who's not Barry, would not have been as good as last season. But uh, I understand what you're saying. We're gonna we're gonna see where he goes, and we'll discuss that with Gord Stelic from Maple Leafs Hockey on Sportsnet 590, the Fan in Toronto. Gord, you're on with Reed. Thanks for making time for us again, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. I love I love hearing the name Yakushev. <laughs> it conjures up memories of years ago with that great Soviet Union team. Yeah, I, I hear it. You know what, Gord? I, I just want we'll, Kellen will put you back on hold here for for 30 seconds because I want to get to this clip that Tyson Berry gave us on Saturday. Uh, one of many things he said about his year in Toronto, but this one especially stuck out to me. Just going into Toronto, it, it kind of got off to a rocky start and. You know, for myself, I, I was, you know, the kind of the, the top guy in Colorado as far as power play went and played a lot of minutes and, and going in and trying to adjust to, you know, not being in that role and not being that guy. It it got off to a bit of a rocky start and, you know, it's hard to it's hard to kind of reel things in when they're spiraling in, in hockey. It's a big confidence game. So um, for me it, right now, you know, I feel like I've got a, a whole new perspective on, on going into Edmonton and I know the opportunities there and, uh, you know, I'm just super excited to make the most of it. All right, so that was Tyson Berry and his uh, Zoom availability on Saturday. He was also on Oilers now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Clearly wanted to come to the Oilers and is is looking to put last year behind him. Gord, let, let's dive into this. I mean, you're you're as an astute, an observer of the National Hockey League as anybody. Give us give us your version of of Tyson Berry with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I I pretty well support his version about it, Reed. I'll tell you. It went back to, and, and, you know, quite often it, it starts with something a little bit different, a little little kind of an innocent thing, but it's a tip of the iceberg. And it goes back to me that Lou, that Mike Babcock knew when Lou, Lamore- Lou Lamorella was gone that he was not Kyle Dubas's guy. Sheldon Keefe was coaching the Toronto Marlies and was Kyle Dubas's guy. So you go back to the spring of 2019, and you have that usual – uh, end of season coach talks, general manager talks. And Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubas, you would have thought they were running two different teams. 
And right, right then, you have a dysfunctional setup. And I understand where Mike Babcock, he's a powerful guy, making big money, but he wasn't going to, in his mind, put up with that crap as far as he felt. So season starts last year, and the Maple Leafs have a couple things. Uh, Jason Spezza, kind of a nice story, coming back to his hometown uh, at a disco. Just count as, you know, like a, a role player. And Mike Babcock, you know, right away kind of challenges what he can do and, and embarrasses him by not dressing him the opening game. Tyson Berry is the big pickup by Kyle Dubas. Uh, I really like Tyson Berry's play in Berry, excuse me, in, Cle- in uh, Colorado. And you thought last year, boy, with the Maple Leafs going full throttle, he was just going to kick butt and would have been one of the big unrestricted free agents this summer. And like you said, and you know, when you're in a bad, like even look at the New Jersey Devils last year for whatever team. If you're on, in a bad situation, then it's tough for anyone to look good. And the Maple Leafs last year, for the first time in the Brendan Shanahan era, had a real disappointing regular season. They've had disappointing playoffs a lot of years. But it, it was a regular season that never really got going. Tyson Berry never got really going. Mike Babcock said, screw you. I'm not going to play you. Like I'm not going to play Tyson Berry the way Kyle Dubas wants him to be played. I'm going to play him the way I think he should be on the Mike Babcock system. So it never, never got going. He picked it up a bit when Sheldon Keefe took over as the coach. But it was just, it was just kind of a... A wasted year from the get-go for Tyson Berry. Yeah, I mean, he was he was careful what he said, as as most hockey players are, Gord. But I, I could tell on Saturday that uh, he, he, he. Well, I even asked him, "Do you have a chip on your shoulder a little bit about Toronto?" And he kind of said, "Well, yeah, kind of five on five play." Look, is is he a liability? Is he just average? Is he an offensive player where you got to live with some some bad nights in his own end? What would you say there? Well, last year's a bad example. That's the most like right. strong five on five, but but and that's what he'll have to prove this year. I, you know, like I said, last year was his worst season. I liked him. We we know he's a power play specialist, or power play is something he thrives on. But I've liked him seeing him play five on five. Now, it, it was that because Colorado was a better setup. I, I really don't know. I really don't know. Like like it's just this anomaly that last year would be the last season you want to be indicative of what Tyson Berry can do. I kind of kid about the big question here is now who's the third guy to hang with Justin Bieber because he hung with Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and Tyson Perry. They were kind of his buddy a couple times when they skated. But, uh, you know, on, on ice, I, I think it's a real good signing by the Edmonton Oilers, and I'm looking to see what he can do because, you know, you, at the end of the day, you have to be accountable too to, you know, get back to more what I believe and a lot of believe people believe and believe what they saw when he played for the Colorado Avalanche. Gord Stelich joining us tonight on Inside Sports from uh, Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. He, yeah, he's going to be interesting to watch. And you heard me read the test, for the text from Yakushev, who, yes, does have a great handle. But, yeah, does Tyson Berry help the Oilers beat the Blackhawks? I, I have I have no way of knowing that. Like, it is, I have zero way of knowing that. I, I understand what Yakushev is saying. But, like, he's – you've seen Clefbaum play a lot. I, I just think that the Oilers' power play could be even better than last year because Berry is a better – finisher than Clefbaum. I mean, Clefbaum ultimately didn't get a lot of goals. To me, Barry's a better finisher all around than, than Clefbaum is. Well, yeah, and I mean, about being the Oilers, excuse me, being the Blackhawks, uh, I would say no, just because, you know, the, I mean, you, you know, everyone wants the big splash, but, uh, and the big splash is great when you get Connor McDavid first overall, or in Toronto, Austin Matthews first overall, but 
It's about incrementally improving your team. And if you keep making moves, you know, whether Kyle Turris ends up being that as well, like that you each move you incrementally a little bit improve your team. Well, all of a sudden, collectively, those kind of moves make a huge difference. So um, that's what Ken Holland did in Detroit. That's what he's doing here. And I, I think I think this is a positive move. But as far as being the the difference maker in winning a series or not, uh, I, I, I would I would never say Tyson Berry is going to be that guy. G- give me just a, a Leafs perspective on some uh, other things. Uh, what Simmons and Brody, I guess, are the headlines to me. Or is that the story here from the last week or from Toronto? Or what would you say? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think, though, you know, Reed, you look at it that we get a little bit uh, because of free agency, we focus on the new guys. Let's face it. For the Toronto Maple Leafs' success next year, it's going to mean Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, William Nylander. I mean, your stars have to be the stars and have to be the ones that take you to that next level like the Tampa Bay Lightning stars did. Saying that, just like I mentioned about you try to incrementally improve. And last year, I mean, T.J. Brody was almost a Maple Leaf that trade with Calgary for Nazem Kadri, the Kadri Knicks. So they made the trade with Colorado and brought Tyson Berry in. So here we are a year later. And, you know, Tyson Berry had to take the one-year contract to kind of uh, prove himself, and, and T.J. Rohde got, got the better free agent contract as a defenseman. So, I mean, that should be an improvement. But, you know, Tyson Berry was supposed to be an improvement last year. It really wasn't. The only big thing I look at, and I knew it when I saw that press conference, is you do know Sheldon Keith and Kyle Dubas are on the same page, unlike Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubas were last year. So that's an improvement. What are you getting in 32-year-old Wayne Simmons? I mean, if he's anywhere close to healthy, wow. I mean, that's an impressive power forward. There's a lot of skills he brings to it. Uh, but, you know, besieged by injury the last couple of years, uh, that's been problematic. But, you know, Reed, at $1.5 because the cap is everything nowadays, that's a more important. That's important nut than uh, the $5.0 million that he played in New Jersey last year. I just want to, and, and I know it's kind of old news now, but it's interesting the way you bring it up. Babcock was fired November 20th. A year ago, we would have been about a week into the regular season. Like, Do you think if you would have been able to read Mike Babcock's mind a year ago today, you would have found that thought saying, like, I'm not going to make the rest of the season? Like, did he know it would just wasn't going to happen? Well, I, I think he had an inkling. I, 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 I think he just knew that he's going to do it his way. Now, me, uh, no, I, I, I felt last year, hey, here's what's going to happen. The Maple Leafs are going to coast into the playoffs, and the playoffs will decide Mike Babcock's fate if they go anywhere or not. Leafs never coasted. Uh, the only little bit of coast was when Sheldon Keefe took over. And, you know, I, I, I don't like using that about uh, you lose the room. I, uh, that's kind of an overused, overstated line, but, but he, he – he really had in that respect. I mean, the players aren't stupid. They know what's going on. And, and Mike Babcock can try to do it his way. And, and being angry that they didn't have an appropriate backup goaltender, which they did uh, in the Kyle Dubas era while he was head coach. It, it, it just, you know, these things distract from what's important about, you know, getting together collectively on the ice and that. So I, I never would have thought in, in, a, in a thousand years that Mike Babcock would have been fired in November. But, uh, you know, saying that, it was inevitable. And you really look back at it, Reed, and you say, okay, you know, last April probably should have been dealt with, but you have a tough thing that you got the highest paid coach going with so much money, so much term left on his deal. 
and the new general man and the general manager um, really can't fire him at that point, even though it's all obvious that it's in play that Sheldon keeps going to be his guy. So you know that that those quite often are the kind of it, when when you get a dysfunctional toxic setup at that level at any sports organization, that's a great example of why it's a negative. Gord, just one more quick one for you. Thanks for being so generous with your time. What do you think of Hall winding up in Buffalo? My eyebrows certainly were uh, extremely raised when I saw that signing. Wow. Wow. I mean, the Buffalo City Chamber of Commerce should send him a bouquet or something because, <laughs> you know, he's, you know they're get, they've been getting skewered the way they handled the Jason Botterill situation and many, many other things. But, you know, Kevin Adams gets a reluctant Eric Stahl to come over, which is a positive. And, Man, Taylor Hall, like, talking proud about Buffalo. Like, he made it clear that, you know, he wanted to go to a, uh, a playoff team and whatever. And, you know, I, I'm, a, like, as we found out, the, the forward unrestricted free agent market really got marked out. It really did. The defense, you, you see with Petrangelo and Tory Krug and others, it was still there. But the forwards, whatever, there was a glut. It wasn't prioritized, whatever. And he, he just got a, into a terrible market. So, hey, good for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, good for Taylor Hall taking short term, and you know he says he wants to play with Jack Eichel, and he believes they're a playoff team. And this uh, this Buffalo this Buffalo City that really hasn't had much to cheer about has had a great couple of days. And I'm with you. I don't think anyone anyone saw that. Yeah. Hey, Gort. Thanks for fitting us in. I know you're a busy guy. You're always a pleasure to have on the show. Thank you so much for your perspective, man. Yeah, my pleasure, Reed. Have a good one. That is Gort Stellick checking in tonight. So. Yeah, I mean, he kind of went over last year in Toronto for Tyson Berry. Uh, not a good season. Gave a little more on the Mike Babcock scenario there as well. So uh, we'll see. Is Barry going to be the guy he was uh, last year or the player he was with the Colorado Avalanche for several seasons before that? 7804 when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nine six zero zero six three is how you can interact. Evan Dom, when we get back. All right, Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic and Morley Scott coming up after... 7.30, really tragic news for the Edmonton sports community over the weekend. Rob Zitlaw and his wife Grace were killed in a car crash. Rob, the uh, the man behind ICU video and such a big part of the sports scene here in Edmonton. Evan Dom is with the Canada West Conference and, of course, uh, many years associated with the U of A as well. Rob, man, uh, I, I was just shocked and saddened to hear this news. And, and Rob, a guy, uh, you know, we had Tim Anger on from Football Alberta earlier and uh rob a huge force on the university scene as well yeah absolutely reed um thanks for having me on the show tonight to, to share some memories and some thoughts about rob and all that he contributed to amateur sports and you know in particular with university and what he meant to, to football i know tim already spoke to that but you know tim you know rob was a huge part of a lot of events um, around Edmonton, particularly on, on the U of A's campus and all the work he did shooting 
Golden Bears and Pandas hockey and a variety of different events. You know, I, I think back to my time at the Edmonton Journal when I was covering amateur sport, and it seemed like every event I was at, Rob Zitlaw was at shooting. And while I got to sit in the press box and keep warm, he was out shooting high school football from the stands in minus 5 or 10 degree weather, I remember sometimes. Just a dedicated guy who loved amateur sport and uh, brought a real professional flair to what he did in terms of making sure that he showcased um, you know, showcase the athletes and the stories in the most professional manner. And you know, we talked about uh, we talked about Rob earlier today and reminisced a little bit. And the thing I said to you, and I think it bears repeating, is Rob treated every event that he did like it was Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. He he brought a level of professionalism and passion that really resonated with the amateur sport community, and that was certainly the case with everything he did with university sport. Yeah, just incredibly dedicated and, and always on the scene. And, and I got to admit, Evan, when I first met Rob, it would have been probably a little over a decade ago. And, you know, I thought he was just somebody they they had there filming the games. And then I quickly realized, like, no, this is not just a guy with a camera. This is professional stuff, editing, digital equipment, you know, fonts. Like, like he was... He was a he was a true pro with it, and I, and I read a quote from Dave Foley, who worked with him at ICU Video. Like he 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 put his arm around amateur athletics and elevated it. That's that's a great way to sum up what Rob did. Yeah, that's absolutely right. He he treated it with the level of professionalism uh, that he thought it, it warranted, and that was simply the best. And he brought that every single night. And you know there were there were no off nights for Rubs at Law and. That's one thing that, that everybody strives to do in their life is, is to bring it every single day. And Rob did that with, with ICU. And it was greatly appreciated by everybody who was the subject of his work because it made them feel like a million bucks. It made them feel like they were playing, you know, the most important game on earth. And that's something that's, that's tough to do. And, and Rob made you feel that way. And he was so invested in, you know, whether it's university sport, like we talked about high school football, junior football, absolutely every amateur sport under the sun that went through Edmonton here and, and the greater area, Rob, Rob was there. Like sometimes I thought there were six Robs that lost because I would turn around and he's at one thing and then I'd pop to another thing and he's there. And it was unbelievable. I would see him, you know, some, some weeks it felt like I saw him more than my family when I was on the amateur sport beat for the journal. And uh, there's just a guy who you don't do that and you don't bring that level of energy if you don't love it. And there was no debating his passion for, for sport and, and in particular amateur sport he understood how much it meant to the people involved he understood the community building impact that that sport had and he wanted to showcase that in the best possible way yeah well said evan thank you so much for your memories and your thoughts tonight man all the best to you okay thanks so much uh reed for having me and, and my condolences to the zitlaw family and uh, you know, Rob touched a lot of lives, and, and we'll be remembering him for a long time. And, uh, you know, I hope people understand how important he was to amateur sports. So thanks for having me on. Yeah, well said. Evan Dom from Canada West Conference checking in tonight. Okay, we're going to pass the microphone over to Morley Scott and Scott Milanovic for the Double E Coaches Show. Usually hear that on Mondays at 7.30 here on 6.30 Shed with the holiday. We're having it on Tuesday today, but usually it is on Monday. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator this evening. My name's Reed. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.